Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Taoist Corner podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Stewart, founder and chief editor of the Taoist.online and projectjade.net. Normally, what we do is we work through a book called 365 Dao by Bing Dao, but today we're going to do something a little different. You see, during the holidays, the Taoist Online had a writing contest, a holiday writing contest, where writers were supposed to turn in their favorite holiday memory. The winning author, writer Heidi Piper, wrote an amazing heart felt story about her father, who has now since passed away. One Christmas, Heidi's father decided to surprise his children by inviting them to the theater only to not attend. His children were surprised to learn that not only was he, in fact, there at the theater, but was actually performing on stage. So, without further ado, let's welcome writer and contest winner Heidi Piper. First of all, congratulations for winning the contest. Thank um, you. Very excited. Yeah, to one. <laughs> very welcome. Um, why don't we actually start? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how long you've been writing. So my name is Heidi. My my pen name is Heidi Piper, and I've been writing on and off for years. Poetry. I started writing poetry with more focus about four years ago and then writing properly writing about a year ago but forever I've always had notebooks I've always uh, written kids stories Uh, I spent a lot of time as an educational writer so I was always writing educational stories like that so I've been writing sort of all my life but actually focusing and creating projects and most importantly, finishing projects has been just the past few years. I'm a great starter, but not a very good finisher. <laughs> so uh, discovering discovering medium, I discovered medium in May last year, and that's changed everything. Just knowing that I can put a piece of work up there, mm. get feedback, read other writers. It's, it, it's, it's just really, really motivating. And, and learning to craft a piece of work um, and there's so much to learn from the writers on Medium, the the advice that they give, and also the um, and just the stories that you read. That the quality there is incredible. So that's been the past year has really been instrumental in in my writing. Well, it seems to be going really well, uh, at least for the writing <laughs> contest. I mean, we were just talking before we started recording uh, that your article that you submitted for a holiday writing contest was by far and away the the best article that we had for submissions. Um, can you take me through why you chose to write about your dad and that that story? That story, it had been, I actually, I think it just, what, <laughs> I'm trying to be succinct with my response, but I think what I like about writing, particularly writing, about writing on Medium, is, I always start off with an idea and think that's what I'm going to write about. But in the process of writing, something else comes up. And that's what happened with my dad's article. I was writing something about, I think I was writing about your dreams and holding on to your dreams and why they're important. And they're not just 
um, airy fairy dreams. And um, and then I, it just it just sort of came out on the page. My dad's my dad's story. And um, and it just it just flowed from there, really. And I sort of remembered I was taken back to the time. So that time I mentioned in the story where he he was unveiled to us on stage and we had no idea about his love of theatre. And that was just a really magical time. And whenever I tell people about that, I sort of I always well up um, because my father, my father died. As I said, he died about 17 years ago. Um, so that's a very sort of strong childhood memory, and and then it it just it just flowed from there really. So it was sort of, you know, I was wondering, oh, what shall I write about? And then and then the the main idea just came to me as I was as I was testing out other ideas. Was there anything in the article that you? I mean, I know as a writer, a lot of times I'll go through and I'll cut things out and I'll you know, kind of move things around. Was was there anything specifically uh, challenging or things you've left out that in this article that you, you just either thought that it wasn't important or wasn't time? Uh, there was a lot. I think I went into a lot of detail. Yeah, I, I went into a lot more detail about the theatre, the, the theatre, that particular theatre where I mentioned that was just fundamental to our to to our upbringing um at one point me and my sister particularly and uh i was going into a lot of detail about that we went on to do pantos my dad wrote plays that me and my sister starred in as well um so i sort of it's it's hard (laughs) not to to cram in all of that information and um and it's such a it was it was such an old I don't know if I got that across in the story. I was really trying to to emphasize the fact that it was really old. The toilet was outside. You didn't want to go to the toilet ever. You'd hold on to it so tight because you thought, oh, I've got to go down those steps, slippery, slimy wood um stone steps as well. So the and but it was a real hub and it had a core audience who always came back. And um yeah, and then and dad, dad and dad just became very known for his comedy performances, which was <laughs> which is really nice, you know, when you're a kid and you're looking up and sort of um, idolizing your dad on stage. It was it was really great. Yeah, so we were there for years. I think I was eleven when I we first stepped in there, maybe ten, eleven, and then eighteen was. And then I mentioned he wrote the panto, the very. Um, smutty adult panto <laughs> which <laughs> he didn't want me to be a part of because dad was such a prude at home he couldn't you know if you mentioned the word virgin he would oh I'll talk all around it he couldn't explain what that was you know it's just classic sort of prudish parent but then on stage that's where just where he put everything that's where he sort of let go and he wrote he wrote that pantomime which was hilarious um, and very, very shocking for me <laughs> to know that that's, that kind of thing went on in his mind. It was, uh, yeah, Hansel and Gretel. So, I mean, like, I could have gone on and on, really, about that theatre, and um, which isn't there. Well, the building's there now, but now it's a, a fancy evening venue. So it's, uh, it's changed. You know, I also, you said, you know, your dad had a problem with, like, kind of prudish and like would never really want to talk about the word version. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember, you know, we, I think most of my generation learned what a version was from the movie um, Hocus Pocus. 
Have you ever, oh, do you know that movie? I do. I I do, and I have seen that recently with my yeah. daughter. Well, I can't I can't remember the, the the Virgin reference though. So the only a Virgin can light the black candle, which brought the witches back. Okay. Life, <laughs> and all the kids had to turn to their parents and be like, "Mom, mom, what's a Virgin?" Yeah. <laughs> like, no, sh- don't don't worry about it. Don't don't worry about it. Yeah, my, my dad's classic was that, <laughs> that came up with some kind of uh, dragon movie, you know, back in the day where they would they would sacrifice virgins, and uh, in some medieval village, and that 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 was that's what came up in our family. Oh, what's a virgin? And Dad said, "Oh, I don't know, it's something to do with the olden days, I think." <laughs> and that wow, that, that's how the the sex education went in our house. Like there was there was just none of it. <laughs> so, so tell me, tell me more. Oh, I was going to say, tell me more about your dad. Like what? What about your dad? I mean, I know you said a little bit, but like, what's not in the article, right? Like, tell it. Tell us more. I know he unfortunately passed away at a rather early age. Mm. Uh, yeah, I I know what you mean with that. I think so. So, dad was fifty three when he died, and so when you when you mentioned sort of, um, your your previous question about what to leave in and what to take out, it was hard to know what to put in about his personality. Um, because he was a, he was a very quiet man, and then he had this funny bone, and he had this love of theatre, which and so he would he would let himself go on stage, but and with, and with a select bunch of people, but he he inside was a, a very stressed man, and I think I think that's what led to his heart attack. He would worry a, a lot about things, um, but he never expressed those worries. Um, and I think I think a lot of that comes from his childhood. So I mentioned he just had no <laughs> he just had no education in any sense. He he had no sort of formal education. Um, but then there was no sort of emotional nurturing either. He had he knew his family loved him. So there was no sort of abuse or anything like that. But it was just that total lack of guidance. And he had to figure everything out himself. So he he was quite remarkable in the fact that he had no education, but he was one of the most knowledgeable people. So he, he made a point very, he made, he made a point of learning everything he could about everything. He was a very interested, curious person. So if you would bring up Shakespeare, he could hold a conversation about Shakespeare or classical music or, so he was, he was quite remarkable in that. Um, But he, yeah, he was very, very stressed sort of quietly stressed person and he used to joke that he was um he was fagin you know the the oliver twist um the movie i'm trying to think of the 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 musical did did, do you know that one and um the classic depiction of fagin he used to joke that he was like that um, which was so spot on. <laughs> he was really, he was really, from his childhood, like he was proper penny pinching, and and uh, he was he was always, you know, what do you want that for? No, you don't need that. And he would sort of, you know, he was always sitting with his receipts, counting them. So he was quite, he was quite a character. So he was, he was a big mix of things. He was a big mix of things. Um, and he was just, yeah, he was just great fun to chat to. You know, we always used to put the world to rights and. Um, yeah, particularly when we got older and we could we could join him in the pub. He loved that. <laughs> so then we'd spend we'd spend many a nights over a beer, just discussing various topics until until we got kicked out, basically. So yeah, he was he was a character. How did he get involved in theater? 
Like in like, how did he start that? I actually don't know. I don't know at all. Uh, it just he must have. What I'm what I'm thinking is he must have gone out looking for it um, because he did always used to tell that story that I wrote in the article about how he he tried and somebody somebody just disliked him. And then he took that to heart that particular day and he just, he didn't go back and I, and it must've just been on his mind. So I actually don't know at all, but I'm, I'm guessing that's what happened. And then, and then that was just, a, I think every weekend, every evening. Yeah. It was just all theater all of the time. And yeah, like I said, he used to bore me silly being like, Oh, Heidi, here's a script. Test me again. <laughs> and I go, no, please. But it was it was quite fun. But at the same time, I'm thinking, oh gosh, it's the hundredth time I'm going through your lines. But um he was just <laughs> he was just obsessed with it. Yeah, he was just absolutely obsessed with it. He loved it. And I know in your in your story, um you guys were su- surprised that to see him on stage. Was that the was it, were you surprised because I mean you didn't know he was going to be there you didn't know he enjoyed being on stage like which which surprise both both yeah definitely both we we I can I can really remember Mum saying we're going to the theatre and that was that was such a treat and then in the next breath she said Dad's not going to be there and we just went what and I can remember really feeling oh this is not well, this sucks, you know, why isn't dad going to be there? Um, So to have that initial disappointment, but then he was there because he was on stage. So there was that, that shock, which was, which was lovely. Um, And yeah, just the strangeness of it, because it was, I think it was a production of Cinderella. It was a pantomime. So he, uh, like I said, he came out with his, the makeup, you know, how you have the really orange face. So you're not washed out and the big cheeks and the frilly clothes and everything. And it just, it was just so, it was so, so strange. It was just so not what we'd ever seen him do. Cause he was a, he was a painter and decorator. He was always covered in muck and paint and, you know, wearing big boots and dirty clothes. Um, and there he was. Is that where you, is that where you thought he was? Do you, did, I mean, do you remember, like, do you, did you just think he was working on a job or we, like, where did you think he was? It didn't make sense. So mum said he was working, which didn't make sense at all. But you know, I just remember thinking, oh, that's not that's not right. Um, but then I didn't give it much thought. I just sort of knew, no, no. So the, the explanation she gave didn't make any sense. Um, but I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea where he was. Um, but they were a fan of doing that, actually, mum and dad. They, they liked to, I think that was probably my mum's idea to surprise us like that. Uh, because they surprised us with the holiday one time they said we were we were driving down to the seaside and then we ended up in Heathrow airport so they like things like that they like to sort of keep us in the dark and the big reveal <laughs> they, they did that quite you a lot you're a good talker <laughs> you're like this is this is why I was really nervous that I'll cut this part out but I was really nervous <laughs> that um you know, I so I interview a lot of people for like you know jobs and whatever, and uh, you get those people on interviews where they like don't speak, like they don't say anything, yeah. like they only answer the question, they don't know how to yeah. keep going, You're just like do 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 do, <laughs> your thumbs. Um, 
Oh, that's nice you say that then, because I was I had no idea what to expect either. <laughs> yeah. At the end of your article, you've got uh, it says me and my brother and sister are raising money for the British Heart Foundation. Uh, oh yeah. How long have y'all? Is that new? Have you been doing that for a while? Or, tell me about <laughs> so that. That's very new. So in October last year, my brother messaged me and said, would you like to do a marathon in April? So it's coming up. It's two months away now. And I just immediately wrote back and said, no, thanks. And uh, he he went, oh, go on. And so so my, my brother and sister are younger than me, only by about four or five years. And so my sister's doing it too. And what's happened is my my brother and sister are close. We all live in in the same place now again. Um, and my brother and sister are very close, and they spend a lot of time together. And I always feel like I always feel left out because you know they've they've got the same social group. They're very extrovert people, whereas I'm very introvert. So they love going out socializing. And whenever I join them, I just feel like oh. I just feel like, no, I'm not comfortable here. I need to go. So I, I don't get to spend much time sort of socially with them or doing anything, actually. So that's a good, it was a good motivating factor for me to say, yes, I'm not really a runner. 5K has always been my my sort of limit. I've done 10K a couple of times. And I'm training for this marathon now. And we're, we're supporting each other on WhatsApp. So it's quite fun. Um watching each other's updates we send screenshots of our our running apps and stuff but to be honest I'm hating it (laughs) I'm struggling I did a run yesterday and I was cursing and swearing because I kept having to stop because my my, the lactic acid was building up in my legs and I ran the furthest I've ever run yesterday which was 15k and but it felt like I'd been running for five days (laughs) the feeling of that and I'm not even what is that so that's about a third of the distance isn't it so but today is the first day where the marathon feels achievable so the whole point of doing the marathon is a we've got my dad we're raising money for the British Heart Foundation because he passed away from a heart attack and I want to bond with my sister and brother I want to have a nice meaningful memory um, that doesn't involve everybody getting really drunk um so because <laughs> that's all it's been so oh, far. boy so oh. yeah so that's 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 that story in a nutshell um so in two months time hopefully a little over two months time hopefully i can say i've got a marathon under my belt <laughs> God, it's well, well good luck on the marathon that's something i have never done and there's no way anyone will ever make me do that I would die. I think I'd die. I think I I just converted that into miles as you were speaking. And I was like, yeah. oh my God. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've walked that far in my whole life combined. Like I know. <laughs> and I really thought, I thought as I've been training, I thought, I'm gonna become one of these people who's gonna tell people to do marathons. And I thought it's the opposite. I'm gonna tell everybody don't do it. <laughs> it's just you either I think you're either a runner or you're not and I've I've always wanted to be a runner I don't know why nobody I you know apart from my sister she's a good runner but really I 
I don't know why I've always thought I should be good at running. And now I realize I'm giving my pers- myself permission to dislike it and to say, <laughs> but who knows in two months time, maybe I'll be transformed, but I can't see it. I don't know. I'll start cycling. Maybe. Or something. <laughs> Once we do another writing contest here in a couple of months, then, uh, I hope you read that article about your, I'm sure what will be the, I love running. Running yeah. is so fun. <laughs> Let me tell you about running articles. <laughs> just say one thing that was interesting yesterday was I've never gone beyond my comfort zone with exercise. And yesterday I did mm. that for the first time. And that that's that was quite a moment where you think there's just like a life lesson, isn't it? If you really, really want to progress, you have to go. Yeah, I was thinking about that. You you have to feel the pain at some point. Um, so yeah, I that's that's where I was yesterday, feeling the pain, but hopefully growing. <laughs> well, good luck with the marathon. Uh, something I'll, I'll never do. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I want to say thank you again for writing this amazing story uh, and opening up and, and sharing something that was very personal. Uh, I was a little nervous about asking questions on you know such a personal, heartfelt uh, story about your dad. Um, so yeah, thank you very much. Uh, we all loved this story. Uh, the editing team and I just abs- like as soon as we read it, we just knew this was this was the <laughs> this was going to be the one that was going to win. Um, um, thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate you uh, stopping by and hanging out for a little while today. And thank you. Can I say a big thank you to you and your publication and all your editors and for the competition as well? Because I I really enjoyed writing it and. Um, yeah, I've enjoyed this interview and it's just lovely, lovely to meet people in real life as well. <laughs> All these writers that are sort of, yeah. you know, behind the articles. It's really lovely to meet you. So thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. And yes, it is. It's really, really nice to finally, you know, put faces and hear, yeah. you know, you just, people are not icons, right? People are human beings <laughs> and getting to interact with them in a different you know, more personal ways is really eye-opening, and you, you kind of discover that what we're what we're doing on on Medium and online really has a an effect on a real person. And once you kind of put that two and two together, that gives you the motivation, or at least it gives me the motivation to keep going, right? Because I know a lot of times you write and you think, "Man, like this just isn't." Like who's reading this stuff? Like I'm writing and working all this time. Like who, what for what? Like what is happening? And so yeah, it's really good. And that's why we have the Discord community uh, to you know really kind of hang out with each other and get to know each other. So uh, I'll put the link to the Discord server in the description, and anyone can join and come hang out with us. And like amazing writers like Heidi. Well, thank you very much, Heidi. Uh, I really appreciate it. Well, lovely to see you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.